we're going to um, spend some time in the reading of the word today. Uh, if you are here for the first time, this is the read and rant. We spend 20 to 30 minutes reading scripture, and then we spend another 20 to 30 minutes reflecting on the word. We're journeying through the Bible. That's what we endeavor to do. We're journeying through the entire scripture from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We actually started off reading the New Testament and we read through the entire New Testament and now we're reading through the entire Old Testament. And then we'll go back and read through the entire New Testament. I'm sure those of you who have journeyed with us from the beginning, you're going to see more and more how all of this comes together uh, as we continue to read through the scriptures. You're going to see how the Bible is, is holistic and how it all comes together and how it's all connected and how it's all pieced together in the story of God and the redemptive story of God, the redemptive history of the work that Christ has done to bring us all into restoration with him. And so to do that, of course, we need a holistic view of the scriptures. We need to an in-depth view of the scriptures. You really can't understand Hebrews in its totality until you understand the New Testament in its totality. You can't really understand what Paul was really saying in Ephesians until you really get to know and steep into Hebrew culture. Um, as you'll see it in, uh, in, in, in the, in the Old Testament. You can't really understand what Paul was really trying to unpack and help make sense to, uh, to the Gentiles and also the Jews in Colossians until you actually read through the Old Testament. And I hope what you'll see is happening as you're reading through the Old Testament is how all of this comes together, how all of this is intertwined, how we've read a history from Genesis all the way to um, to to Job. And then from Job, now we see things shifting. But now as we're reading through the book of Psalms, we're seeing how it interconnects with the history that we read in those first books, all the way from Genesis to, um, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Now that we've read those those books and we've read this story and we see how they're interlocked with each other and how it's intertwined. Now that you're reading Psalms, you're seeing how Psalms, all these Psalms that we've been reading that were sung by the children of Israel centuries later were written during the times that we read in, you know, in, from Genesis all the way to Ruth. Or Esther, sorry, not Ruth, but Esther. And so um, I hope how you, you're seeing how it's all interconnected. I hope our time and reflection is showing you how all of it is interconnected. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to spend time in the reading of the word and we're going to work through Psalms. Maybe we'll get through all of it. We'll see how the, we see where the Lord leads us, but we're in Psalms 135. So I want to encourage you to go ahead and open there. This isn't a Bible study. This is a reflection. And so um, this is a podcast, uh, my friend. This is a podcast. You can actually, I take these uh, these lives that I do, I put them on a podcast called the Read and Rant Podcast. So check it out. It's on Spotify and it's on Apple. It's the Read and Rant Podcast. Now, this particular uh, episode probably won't be available to you maybe for another maybe month or so because the podcast releases every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the podcast. And we do this here almost every weekday live. And so, you know, um, it may you may get this later on down the road. But if you are a patron, um, I, I hope all my patrons who some of me on Patreon get these right away. So I post these right away on Patreon. So that way you get them. 
There isn't a specific schedule there. The podcast is more scheduled. This isn't as scheduled. Um, this is wide open. Sometimes I'll just post a random study or a random thought. Uh, we're doing more Bible studies on 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 Patreon. So um, you guys, good. I'm glad. Okay, so you guys are all getting them right away. So I post the audio right away for you guys. So that way, um, for those of you, some of you are, some of you had to wake up at six in the morning, four in the morning. Um, I had a group of people who were waking up at three in the morning to come and attend the read and rant. Uh, and so this has been a blessing to some of those folks who say, man, at least I, you know, he'll post it. So when I wake up around six or seven, I could just catch it on the, on Patreon. And so, um, it's not a video, but it's audio. And so anyway, it's what I eventually put on the podcast. So, uh, with that being said, let's get into the word. And what we're going to do is, is again, this isn't a Bible study. This is a reflection of scripture. Um, we do Bible studies. I do those on Patreon, but the reflection is really for us to do together. That's actually what I want to see for you all. This is our primary endeavor is to learn to cultivate a relationship with God in our reading of scripture, to meditate on the word, not just, you know, you know, study the word, study what the word says and all that, but to actually learn how to engage and encounter with God in the reading of the word. And so to do that, one of the things I ask you to do, which helps you in a posture of meditation in the scripture is to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? First, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? Second, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? And to allow God now to do a work in us as we spend time. So as we read, we prayerfully read through those questions. And so let's read the word and see what God has to say to us today. Father, we ask today that you would um, engage with us. Lord, engage with us in your word, Father. I pray, Lord, that we would be led by your spirit. Lord, that we receive the truth of your word, the truth of who you are. Lord, reveal your heart to us today. Lord, as we close out in the book of Psalms, Lord, I just pray that you would um, Lord, give us revelation, uh, not just uh, knowledge and information, but give us revelation, Lord, that we may have a closer relationship with you and understand you even better. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 135, I'll read. I pray that you guys would all read along with me. And it says this, praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord, praise him, O you servants of the Lord, you who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord for the Lord is good. Sing praises to him for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel for his special treasure. For I know that the Lord is great and our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all the deep places. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasures. He destroyed the firstborn of Egypt, both man, both of man and beast. He sent signs and wonders into the midst of you, O Egypt, upon Pharaoh and all his servants. He defended many nations and slew many kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his people. 
Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your fame, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people and he will have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouth. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts them. Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless be the Lord out of Zion, who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. I hope when you read that chapter, you're remembering all the things we read in Numbers and in Deuteronomy when you read that. Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt with in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. Who brought Israel out from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. Who slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. Remember what we just read? Just want to see if you caught it. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there are those who carried us away captive, ask us the song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Hmm. How long shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Eden, the day of Jerusalem, who said, raise it, raise it to its foundation. 
O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy the one who repays you as you have served us. Happy the one who takes and dashes you little ones against the rock. Tough words. Psalm 138. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day I cry out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord is perfect, that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. But there is not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before. You laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say surely, the darkness shall fall on me. Even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. But you form my inner inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and that, your, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they are all written, the days fashioned before me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God? How great is the sum of them? If I count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wildly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count, my, I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties 
and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hmm. Psalm 140. Deliver me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who plant evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together for war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. The poison of asps is under their lips. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from violent men who have purposed to make my steps stumble. The proud have hidden a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set traps before me. Selah. I said to the Lord, you are my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, you have covered my head in the day of battle. Do not grant, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. Do not further his wicked scheme, lest they be exalted. Selah. For as the head of those who surround me, let the evil of their lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into fire, into the deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the justice of the poor. Surely the righteousness shall give thanks. Sorry, surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, the upright shall dwell in your presence. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. We're in Psalm 141, sorry. I'll make this the last one for today. And then we're going to do this on Monday. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness. And let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. For still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. Their judges are overthrown by the sides of the cliff. And they hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the mouth of the grave. As one plows and breaks up the earth. But my eyes are upon you, O God, the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares that they have laid for me and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I escape safely. Ah, the word of God. Hmm. I'm going to reserve the closing of the reading for Monday before I head out of town. I want to close here <clears throat> just to incline our thoughts throughout the entire weekend towards this reality that 
you have a God who knows every part of who you are. He knows everything about you. This is the assurance that we have. God knows everything about you. Everything. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the ugly. He knows everything about you. He knows every thought that you have. Yeah, I know. Even the nasty thoughts, the good thoughts, the bad thoughts, the evil thoughts. He knows all of them. He knows exactly what you're going through. And even in all of that, he loves you deeply. He loves you so much that he comes beside you and he embraces you even with all of the wrecked up, messed up stuff that's going on in your spirit and in your mind. He still loves you. I think this is one of the things that we can be so confident about as we're closing out the book of Psalms is that God, it's not just that we have an intimate understanding and we can acquire intimate understanding and knowledge of the heart and the character of God through the reading of the word, but we can also come to the awareness and the understanding that God knows us deeply. <laughs> he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows everything. Just think about that for a second. He knows your, your, your tendencies, your proclivities. He knows your desires. He knows the evil thoughts. He knows the good thoughts. He knows the sinful thoughts. He knows the righteous thoughts. He knows, he knows all of it. He knows everything that's going on in you. He knows what you're processing. He knows everything, everything. Yes, past, present, and future. And yet, I want us to sit in the present for a moment. Like this present reality of a God who doesn't just know about you, but knows you. Of a God who is not distant from you, but deeply intertwined and involved in the reality of your life. God knows you. He, he knows you very well. And even when you try to ignore him, he knows you. Even when you try to distance yourself from him, he knows you. He knows you because he's with you. He says in his word, I will never leave you, nor will you forsake where I forsake you. Just think about that. He says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Unless God is a liar. Even where you are right now, no matter how lonely you feel, no matter how distant God feels, no matter how distant people feel, you are not alone. God is with you. He is present with you. He says he never leaves you, nor does he forsake you unless God is a liar. And if God is a liar, then he is not God. God is a liar, then he is not God. God is not a man that he should lie. That's Bible. He's not a man that he should lie. So here's the next question then. Is if God, if he's with me, then no matter where I am, God is. 
I want you to think about that for a moment. And I don't know, I'm just sitting on this. And I know, you know, I'm here for a couple of minutes with you guys. And I'm here just to reflect for a couple of minutes with you guys. And I'm here. And, and even as I'm reading this, I am steeping myself in the presence of God, uh, completely consuming myself in his embrace, consumed by the idea that this God is with me no matter where I am. No matter where I am. Consumed by the reality that no matter where I am, God is. Just think about that for a second. I, I want you to soak on that because I have something I want to really dig into you guys on that God is digging into me on. And part of it is just thinking deeply, theologically, about the nature, the heart, the essence of God. And we find that in Psalm 139. The one thing that Psalm 139 does is Psalm 139, and I just want to sit here for a minute because uh, it's a key psalm that puts all of our reading here this morning together. But Psalm 139 is is a psalm that speaks deeply theologically about the character and the qualities of God. It speaks about the omniscience of God. There's nothing God does not know. It speaks about the omniscience of God. And it speaks about the omnipresence of God. That is, that there is nowhere that God is not. And it speaks about the omnipotence of God. There's nothing that God cannot do. And it speaks about all those things. But what I love about Psalm 139 is that while it speaks about this, this God who's omnipresent, who's omniscient, who's omnipotent, it goes deeper to say that he's none of those things without his people around him, meaning more deeply that our understanding of God closely coincides with our proximity to God, our relational proximity to God. This is, this is so critically important, fam. And I want, I want to make sure you guys you guys, you guys really stick in this for a little bit. But we know God through our encounter with him. And we know ourselves even more deeply through our, our encounter with him. As a matter of fact, you can't know yourself unless you know God. Say that one more time. You can't truly fully know yourself and who you are unless you know God. I think that's why in many facets, in many dimensions, and for many reasons, when Paul says salvation is knowing God, because knowing God is, the, is, is truly knowing all things and knowing yourself 
requires you to know God. And David says something uh, powerful in this psalm as he's singing this psalm. It's a song that's being sung by the children of Israel, reminding them of this knowledge of God. But this knowledge of God is an all-knowing knowledge of us, of who we are, each and every one of us individually. God knows every part of who you are, every part of who I am, every part of each and every one of us individually. He knows it. Just think about that right now. He knows it. He knows you, knows you deeply. Even when you try to ignore him, even when you distance yourself from him, God already knows you. And I love how he speaks about the pursuit of God in knowing you. God doesn't just know you just to know you, but he says, oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. God examines each and every one of his creation, each and every person that he has created in his image. He examines them. He searches them. He, he doesn't just know them just out of the simple, simple quality and character of his omniscience, but he knows us and that he deeply searches us. Just think about that for a minute, that God is proactive in searching you before you even have any intention or desire to search him. Just think about that for a minute. That God doesn't just know you because he's God. He knows you because he's God, but because he's God, he searches you. He, get, he digs deep within the crevices of your soul and your mind. He knows every intricacy. He knows you better than yourself. You know how we go into these seasons of self-discovery where we're, we're learning more about ourselves. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, where the more time you spend around people and spend around, you know, in your experiences, the more you see how you respond to certain things and certain encounters in your life, the more you do, the more you go through that, the more you're starting to learn more about yourself. Like, wow, even now I'm learning more about myself, even at this stage in my life, right? I'm still learning more about myself. I'm still learning more. And my wife makes that very, very easy because she, she always be calling me out for who I am. I love her for that. And she's always pointing out things about me because sometimes we are the worst assessors of ourselves. Can we just admit that we're not the best assessors of ourselves? Can we just admit that often what we think of ourselves may not actually be accurate at all? Can we admit that it's in company or in the company of people that we begin to know each other better? I get it when he says it isn't right that man should be alone and yet we are still discovering through our encounters, through our relationships, through our conversations, through our experiences, through all of those things, we're still learning about ourselves. But here's the confidence that we can have is that no matter how much self-discovery we make, we're still learning even till the end of our lives. And yet God already knows everything about us. He knows everything, every nook and cranny in your mind, every crack and crevice in your soul, every little thing about you, your proclivities, your desires, your thoughts, everything about you, God already knows. And yet God was intentional to search those things in us and in searching, God knew us. God doesn't just know us just because he's God. He knows us because he searches us. God pursued you 
before you even pursued him. What a confidence we can have when we come to God that we're not coming to prove anything to him. But when we come to God, we're proving, we're not proving anything, but we come to God boldly, knowing he already knows everything about us, and yet his arms are wide open to receive us. God is not surprised by anything we come to him with. Not a single thing we come to God with surprises him. Just think about that for a minute. God is not surprised or shocked by anything we can say or do or repeat or utter or explain or think to him because he already saw it. We're the ones still learning about ourselves. God is not learning anything else about us. He already knows everything about us. That's just, I don't know. There's just an amazing assurance from that. But I love how when God is, when, 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 when David here is describing the omniscience of God, the omnipotence of God, the um, omnipresence of God, he speaks of it within the context and the periphery of the man, of mankind's experience. Look what he does. He says, oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. He's making it personal. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You know everything. You know all, you know everything that's going, you understand my thought from afar off. Like he's, he's digging deep into it. For there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, oh Lord, you know it all together. You got it all, Lord. You get it. You get me. He gets us. I'll come back to that. He gets us. And then David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Like, can you imagine how overwhelming that is? Like to, to know that God knows you better than you even know yourself. He knows what's broken in you and he knows why it's broken. He knows what's missing and he knows why it's missing. And yet here it is. We are inclined to this awareness of the fact that God knows it. And he's like, this kind of knowledge is too wonderful for me. And he says, I cannot attain it. Like I can't even fully experience it. And then he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Whew. Can I just sit here for a minute? Give me a minute just to work that out real quick. I want to, I want to, I want to deepen your understanding of the omnipresence of God. I want to deepen your, your understanding of what it means for God to be everywhere and at all times. God is everywhere and at all times, everywhere and at all times, everywhere you are, every minute, every hour, every day of your life. And so when he says, when I ascend to the heaven, you are there where David went, that's where God was. And when he said, I, if I descend into the depths of hell, you are there. If David descends there, God is not leaving him there. There's some people here today who find themselves in a dark place, in a dark situation, in a dark time. You find yourself in hell 
And the assurance that you can have is even there God is. Because he never leaves us, nor does he forsake us. I don't care if you're in a broken relationship, if you're in a broken situation, you might be in the club, you might be at the crack house, you might be wherever you are, God is there. He doesn't leave you, nor does he forsake you. That is the nature of the omnipresence of God, is God is where I'm at. If I'm there, God is there. Like, did you catch that? If I'm there, God is there. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I go to hell, you are there. Did, do, you, do you catch that? If God can be in hell, God can be in the whorehouse. He can be in the crack house. He can be in the hospital. He can be in the broken places of the world. If God can be in hell, then God can pursue me anywhere. He can pursue me anywhere. This is the searching of God. This is the pursuit of God. We're not just pursuing after him. He has pursued after us. Oh Lord, you've searched me and you know me. This is the pursuit of God, y'all. It's the pursuit of God. Before I pursued after him, he pursued after me. If I make my bed in hell, how many of us have done that? How many of us have made our beds in hell? How many of us have made our beds in toxic situations? Come on, let's be real. Let's own it. How many of us have made our beds in hell? in toxic situations and toxic environments and toxic experience. A lot of the things we've been through and a lot of things we've gone through, it's on us. We did it. We created it. And yet if I made my bed in hell, David says in Psalm 139, you are there even when I'm messing it up. God is still there. This is the assurance that you can have today that you can't sin your way out of God's presence. You can't sin your way out of God's love. You can't sin your way out of God's grace. You can't sin your way. And if God can meet you in hell, then God can get you out of it. God can encounter you in hell, then God can get you out of it. Verse 11, surely the darkness shall fall on me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. In the, indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but night shines as the day. This is what it means to be in the presence of God when the environment doesn't define your experience, your presence with God does. That's why one person can be in hell and feels the joy of the Lord and another one can be in heaven or their version of heaven and feel that they are living in total depravity. You formed me, Lord, in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you 
when I was made in secret. There's so much to unpack there. All this is to say this. So much to unpack there. I can do a whole Bible study just on that particular section of the text. But I want you to leave knowing this. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he already knew you. Meaning then, you were who you were before tissue was formed around your spirit. You were already who you were. He says, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, you covered, look, verse 12. He says, you covered me in my mother's womb. You formed my inward parts. Your eyes, look at verse 16. He says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. God already knew you before your parents even knew each other. God already knew you before your grandparents knew each other. God knew you from the beginning. And so then, notice how David starts, and I don't know if anybody has ever noticed this. I want to make sure you see this, because this is where we're done. We're done. We're done. He says, oh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. That's how he starts. Look at how he closes. Search me, oh, God, and know my heart. You have searched me. Then he says, search me. You pursued me. Stay in pursuit with me. You, you, you pursued me, but keep searching. You searched me, you found me, but keep searching. Continue to search me. Don't stop searching. Know my heart. Know my anxiety. Why does David want a God who has searched him and already knows him to search him again to know him? Why? Because this time, don't just know me for yourself. Know me to expose me. Don't just know me for yourself. Know me to expose me. Know me so that I can know you. Know me in a way where you can communicate to me so that I can know you. You know more than I can ever know about myself, but give me opportunity and time to spend with you so that way I can know me the way you know me. He says, try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any way, wicked way in me. Expose me, God. 
expose me. When you know that you are profoundly loved by God, when you know that God loves you more than anything in the world and that God knows you more than anyone in the world, there's a safety that you get, a security, an assurance that you get that when God exposes you for all the stuff in you that shouldn't be in you, that's not like you, that shouldn't be like you, when God exposes you, that you receive it with joy knowing that God is not judging you. He's conforming you to become who he intends for you to be. God's not condemning you. God's restoring you. So allow God to search you and to know you and to dig into you. So when he exposes things in you that shouldn't be, it gives you the freedom to know that God can do the same and repair those things in you that shouldn't be. So search us, O oh Lord. The episode we're going to call is Search and Keep Searching. Search and keep searching. Keep digging. Help me, Lord. Help me see what is broken in me. Help me see what I'm not doing right. Help me understand why I keep going back to those same sins. Help me understand why I keep making that same mistake. Help me see why I keep doing this particular thing over and over again. Help me see why I have cycles where I do what I ought to do. And then all of a sudden I switch into cycles where I don't do what I ought to do. Help me see it. Lord, expose me. Expose what isn't good in me. Because I'm already free in you, but now I want to be like you. That's when you know you shifted. When it's not just a desire to be free in him, but when you deeply desire to become like him, you know you're on the right track and that God's doing a good work in you. When you say, God, expose every ugly and broken thing about me. Because even though I know I'm free in you, God, now I want to become like you. So God expose us. Search and keep searching. Father, I ask today, Lord, as we close our time together, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to do the work in us. Search us, oh God, and keep searching. Search us. Uh, and know our hearts, expose us that um, our evil ways may be exposed. And Lord, we know that there's no condemnation and yet there's a freedom that Lord, you're doing a work in us. And if you've begun that work, you said in your word, you will complete it. So God, we just thank you, <laughs> Lord, that you love us. And Lord, that you are transforming us every day in your word. And I ask that in your name we pray, amen. Love you, family. Um, for those of you who are Patreon, all my patrons, thank you so much for your support. Love you guys. Love you deeply. Seriously, um, your support has really opened doors for us, and I can't wait to uh, divert my uh, 
attention and energy and more towards our prayers that we'll be doing together, the Bible studies that we'll be, be doing to equip you guys. Um, and also, I just want to say I did post the audio from the Bible study. If you haven't gotten it, it should be up now. And I'm also... Uh, I'll post some clips of the video from our Bible study. I may make that available all through. I'm st still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with that. But I just want to say thank you guys. Love you guys very much. Also, I, wa I want you guys to connect with me. So whether you're a patron or not, click the link in the bio. And there is a link there that says to become a patron. But there's also um, a link in there for those of you who want to just join the mailing list. If you want any updates, news, all of that. Um um, just click the link um, to join my email list. Love for you guys to stay connected. Um, if you're on, if by the way, if you're a patron, you're already on my email list. So don't worry about that. You're automatically on my email list. So you don't need to add that in. It's already in. Um, but if you are interested in, uh, you know, just staying connected, join the email list. Also text me 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. Um, if I ever have any news, anything I want to update you guys, and I think it's going to be really helpful for you guys next week as well, because I'll let you know if there's a day that I won't be live because I will be out of town and, you know, schedules can get really erratic sometimes when I'm out of town. Um, I, I would love for you guys to text me so that way I can send you an update and say, hey, guys, today I won't be on this morning or if there's something special that I'm doing you know, um, I'll let you guys know. And sometimes I'll start planning on randomly going on. If it's a time of prayer or anything like that, it may be on YouTube, it may be on my YouTube channel. It may be on, um, IG or on TikTok, And I may just say, hey, you know what, randomly, I just want to spend some time in prayer. You'll know there. Cause I'll, I'll send you guys a text and let you guys know there. Okay. So anyway, I uh, just want to keep you guys posted on that. Um, can we pre-order your first book? I'm so excited to think about you writing one. Oh my gosh. I'm so I am working on a book. Um, I'm not working on it. I have a couple that I've written. And I will say this. It is because of the patrons that these doors are opening. Um, it's because of you guys, because now I get to just focus on ministry. I've been a tri-vocational minister. <laughs> I've been running around doing a whole bunch of different things to um uh, to, you know, to keep the lights on. But you guys have opened doors to allow us to begin to think about how we can create more content, how we can write books. I plan on writing booklets as well that we may actually just distribute for free. Um, but the books, I'm planning on writing books as well. And I thank you. You might be my first pre-order once it gets there. Uh, but we are. The book is in the works. So keep me in prayer on that. Um, I have a few books that are in the works. So. I'm nervous about it, but I'm excited about it. So keep me in prayer on that as well. All right, fam. Love you all. Thank you, IG fam. Love you guys. I just noticed you guys were commenting and all the comments were stuck. So, um, yeah. So uh, click the link in the bio. Click the link in the profile if you want to become a patron. I would truly appreciate you guys. I know $10 a month doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is a huge deal. It is a huge deal. Um, it, it says so much. It speaks volumes about how this ministry has influenced you and impacted you. And you get to be a part of what we're doing. And I love my Patreon community because um, I like running things by you guys first. I'll, I'll ask you, hey, would you guys, what do you guys think about me doing this? What do you guys think about me doing that? And I want to involve you guys more in my process as well. So I think that's kind of cool uh, that I can be, I can, I consider you guys fam. And so, um, yeah. And, and also if, uh, 
if you're looking to support financially as well, there's a link there to give. If you can't become a patron and you just want to give, that's fine as well. 